payoff? It's just that simple. Give me the VIN.com, America's best car buyer. Sell us your car. Give me the VIN.com. So easy you can do it in your underwear. I'm attorney Kevin Rowe. Some people don't want to hire a lawyer after a car wreck because they feel sorry for the person who hit them because they think the at-fault driver will actually be the one who has to pay. The truth is, in most cases we handle, the insurance company pays for the at-fault driver's lawyers, court costs, settlement, or verdict. The at-fault driver doesn't pay anything. In court, the jury is never allowed to hear this. So if you're hurting a wreck, make one call. That's all. Murder and Rowe is the way to go. Call 877-1500. Randy Westbrook, managing attorney. Wake up with the morning tailgate with Clay Baker. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10 on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, KRLV Las Vegas. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the 20, racing near sideline 10, corner to the 5, touchdown Raiders! The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we are kicking off hour number two of the show here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Demon Cotton, Lindsey Brown, your boy Q. And join us now on the phone lines from dogcentral.com is our guy Graham Coffey. You can find him on Twitter at dogoutwest and that's D-A-W-G. Out West. And Graham, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Wanted to have you on to talk about Georgia Bulldogs that are going to be coming up in the next NFL draft in April. Before we get into that, though, I did want to, one, pass my condolences on to uh, Georgia and the community, the school, and uh, the football team for the passing of uh, Devin Willock and, of course, uh, Chandler LaCroix as well. How's the school? How's the team? How are they trying to heal from that tragedy in just a few short days after the national championship game? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for the condolences and, and thanks for having me on the show. Um, it, it's it's a, a sobering thing, right? I mean, you, you come straight off of a back-to-back national title and the literally the evening of that celebration parade in Athens, that, that car wreck happens and you, you lose the lives of two young people. Uh, you're seeing, you know, a lot of the the players on the team do their own things to try and pay tribute to Devin Willick. Uh, Warren McClendon, you know, starting right tackle for Georgia this past year, he's going to wear 77 in the senior bowl, which was Willick's number at UGA. Uh, Amarius Mims, another guy on that offensive line, got a tattoo of him. So you're, I think you're going to see a lot of tributes to him over the last year uh, or up to over the next year. You're, I'm sure you're going to see Georgia – you know, dedicate this coming season to him as they go for a, a third straight national title. And it's, it's a tragic thing. And, and, you know, LaCroix as well, probably not a name as well known to football fans outside of the UGA community, but she was an important part of that recruiting staff and was very beloved and did her part in getting a lot of these guys to commit to Georgia when they were high school players so it's it's a big loss for sure yeah no it really is anytime you see you know young people lose their lives way too early it's it's very one it's humbling it's very sobering and so I can only imagine how that Georgia community uh, community is feeling and you mentioned Warren McClendon and what he's doing at the senior bowl wearing the number 77 he will be at the senior bowl we did talk to Jim Nagy uh what are your expectations when he goes to the senior bowl let's start with him what do you what, what do you think he'll do at the senior bowl what does he have to prove out there yeah, I, I think, I mean, McClendon's been starting in the SEC at tackle 
since he was a, a redshirt freshman. So, I mean, you're talking about a guy that, you know, has a lot of starts under his belt. Um, this season when, you know, Georgia would rotate their offensive line, they, they played seven guys with regularity. And when they brought Amarius Mims in, who probably physically is the most talented uh, tackle on that team, you know, they would slide Broderick Jones, the left tackle, out of the game and slide McClendon over to from right tackle to left tackle. So you've seen him go up against number one pass rushers in the SEC or, you know, against teams like uh, out of conference, you know, playing play lots of different good pass rushers. He played really well against Clemson and that talented defensive line a couple years ago. So I think from a – pass block standpoint he's pretty solid um you know there he's a little his feet aren't as good as a guy like broderick jones who's also mm-hmm. coming out in this in this draft as well from georgia they're they're very good they're they're just not quite as good as jones but when he gets moving downhill in in the run game he can be very scary and he's a guy that zone blocks very well and you know can can pull around and and clean up linebackers so I think he's a versatile offensive lineman, and I think he's a guy that, depending on the roster he ends up on in the NFL, he could probably slide inside and play some guard as well. I think he's more natural at tackle, but he isn't one of those guys that the, the body is, is going to work at either position, and, and I think that kind of makes him valuable from a draft standpoint, just giving you versatility and getting your best five on the field. Yeah, man, you said two words there, versatile and versatility. And I know they all come from the same word, but that's something that means a whole lot in the <laughs> NFL, but it, and it means a whole lot to the Raiders organization, so that's definitely a guy to pay attention to. They need a right tackle, but they also could use guard help. Do you think that he'd be able to kind of transition back and forth uh, if need be? Do you think he'd be able to do that pretty, I don't want to say seamlessly, nothing in the NFL is seamless, but do you think he'd be, do, be able to do it pretty comfortably? I do, yeah. I mean, he's only 6'4", right? Like, he's got long arms. Mm-hmm. But when when you look at him on the field, he you know he has a nice wide base of a tackle, but just kind of his upper body looks a little more guard like. He's got good arms, but uh, he's not one of those guys where the arms are too long and, and just the body is is a little bit too lanky to to come and play as an inside offensive lineman. And I, I honestly wouldn't be shocked if that's where his future ends up in the NFL at some point. And, and again, I think it depends on the roster. I'm not – sometimes you hear people say, oh, this is a guy that played tackle in college who might have a future at guard in the NFL. And, and that's, that's meant maybe as a, an insult almost. And that, that's not how I mean it with him. I just think his skills in the run game will translate because he, he can get downhill in a hurry and, and he pushes very, very well. That's very, very important. I mean, it really is. Again, Graham Coffee, DogCentral.com is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And say rough, this is my man DeMond's got one for you. You mentioned him a little bit, but Broderick Jones, what makes him stand out to where he's going to be, in all the mock drafts I've seen, at least a first-round pick? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the athleticism, right? Like, he's a guy that you look at his body type and you think to yourself, you know, this, this looks like a kid who – maybe is going to be better as a pass blocker than a run blocker. Just just from a size standpoint, he doesn't look like a, a big offensive lineman. And then, you know, you get down on the field with him and you're like, well, you know, he's he's about 6'6", and he's, he's carrying over 300 pounds, but it looks good on him. He's got skinny ankles. He's like 
I've not seen anyone over the last two years that was able to speed rush around Broderick Jones. And you're talking about, you know, he's, he's faced some high, high-level pass rushers. You know, uh, Ojolari at, at LSU probably did the best job with him of anybody that I've seen over the last couple of years. And he only had, I believe, yeah, uh, three pressures in that game, right? Like, you're talking about, I mean, Broderick Jones played – 470 pass block snaps this year and gave up less than 10 pressures. So he's an elite, elite, elite pass blocker. But really, when he first came onto the scene at UGA, where he stood out the most early on as a redshirt freshman was was his run blocking. Like he can get downfield. If you if you go back and watch the Ohio State game, there's a a screenplay in that game that Georgia broke for like a 25 yard touchdown, and by the time the the pass catcher touches the ball behind the line of scrimmage. Broderick Jones is about seven yards downfield, and he's already cleaning up linebackers and safeties. Like the guy can move in a way that just most offensive linemen can't. And I think you know if you're talking about a team, he's a good zone blocker. But like if you're talking about a team that likes to get those offensive linemen moving, pulling around, coming downfield, wants that more athletic looking front, he's going to be. Uh, the guy that I think you want in this draft. A player also on that Georgia championship team got those back-to-back titles that I want to ask you about. Darnell Washington, a Vegas product at tight end. Big boy! Big boy! Big tight end. (laughs) And there have been some reports just as today that maybe the Raiders could be moving on from a star tight end. 6'7", 270! 6'7", 270. (laughs) What makes him excel? Are the hands going to be there at the NFL level? How do we see him translating to the next level? Yes, the hands are good. Um... I mean, first of all, like, as far as just sheer freaks of nature, I don't know if I've ever seen anyone like him. I mean, like, I, you know, you get down on field level and watch Georgia warm up for a football game, and there's a lot of dudes all over the place. And then Darnell Washington, like, he has the waist of a wide receiver. He has the ankles of, of you know, a, a running back, and then – in the upper body, you know, he looks like a, a left tackle. I mean, like, the guy is unreal, and I think he was as important to Georgia this year as anybody because of his ability to block the crap out of anybody that lines up against him, get downfield, clean up linebackers. But then all of a sudden, you know, he's instead of blocking a linebacker, he's blowing past that linebacker, and he's wide open down the scene in space. But he's, he's got really good hands. I think the only spot – where he maybe struggled at times in Athens was just in terms of like Georgia runs a read based offense where you're relying on the quarterback and the pass catcher to see the same thing. And for the pass catcher to sit down in the middle of these holes in a zone, he didn't always maybe sit down in the right spot or, you know, there's, there were sometimes kind of miscommunications between him and Stephen Bennett, the quarterback. But I, if I had a first round pick in the NFL draft, I mean, like, I, you know, I don't know that he's a top 10 pick just because tight ends are, you know, rarely going to be prioritized like that. But as as far as the versatility thing we were talking about earlier, he's a guy that if you moved him to left tackle tomorrow, he might end up being the best, like one of the all-time guys to ever play tackle in the NFL because of his athleticism. So when you have him in the game, what you can do from a run block and, and pass protection standpoint changes dramatically and it gives you a trump card from a personnel standpoint against any defense because if you're, you're going to get heavy enough 
to, you know, deal with him in the run game, then you've also gotten too heavy to deal with him in the passing game. And he's just always a mismatch no matter what. I, I, I think he's going to be a blast to watch on the next level. You might have just described the best tight end prospect of all time. I'm after sold. That. Yes. <laughs> I don't like to get too excited, but I'm over here. To, grab, you have no idea. I'm over here trying to mouth the words. I like him. I like him. Anyone who's in the hey, studio man. with me. Bring <laughs> Another, him home, man. Bring him home. You know, he's, he's got a – he's still got family in the area. He's, he's got – He's got a little girl that's in Vegas, so I'm, I'm sure he would love to come back to, to Las Vegas. Another player on that Georgia roster that fits the bill for a, let's say, Josh McDaniels type of receiver, Lad McConkey. Do you think that he's going to get drafted in this draft, or do you see him translating over to that next level? Because we all know in New England how Josh McDaniel was able to translate those, those quarterback, almost receiver type skills, players into being the greatest slot receivers we've ever seen. Yeah, so he's he actually last minute decided he's going to come back here at Georgia. Yeah, so um, I do think he's going to be one of those you know guys that he's not going to blow anybody away at the combine, but just savvy and the agility is you know. I mean, I hate to say it, right? But it's like he does have that kind of Wes Welker uh, stop start ability, where you know his straight line forty speed isn't going to blow you away, but his his ability to change direction is pretty special. All right, Graham, just got a couple more guys that I want to ask you about. Again, we're talking with Graham Coffee, DogCentral.com, talking all things Georgia Bulldogs. And one is one of the biggest mysteries for me, and that's Keely Ringo, the cornerback. Uh, I always say DBs oh, yeah. win games, but I just don't know if this DB wins games all the time, how consistent he is. What are your thoughts on Ringo? Ringo's tough, man. Um, he, From an athletic standpoint, like he – he fits the bill, right? I mean, he is long. You know, he's he is all of a legit six two and a half, maybe six three. Um, he runs, you know, straight line. Like he's a four four forty guy, maybe high four five or low four fives. But I mean, like he is gonna test off the charts in Indianapolis. Uh, I think it depends on who you're asking him to match up with. If you're if you're asking him to deal with a more physical type wide receiver then he's going to have a good day. I mean, you saw him against uh, Quentin Johnson of TCU, mm-hmm. who is a, you know, he, he's going to be a first or second round pick probably in this draft. I mean, he, he held him down to one catch for three yards, but then you go back to the Ohio State game and you saw, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. not always make catches on him, but he was getting open, right? I mean, I, I think that was the thing with him in that game was, he was targeted nine times against Ohio State. Like, and you go back this year, there's there's games where he's targeted, you know, 11 times, 13 times, you know. Like, the a true number one corner at the college level isn't getting thrown at a dozen times right. by anybody. Um, but, you know, he also isn't, you know, he's not giving up 10 catches on 11 targets, right? I mean, like, Georgia Tech tried to pick on him and, he had three forced incompletions and, you know, I think they threw at him nine times and they had three catches for 30 something yards. You can live with that, but I don't trust him against a shiftier wide receiver to that real like route technician. I think he's going to struggle with, and I, I think he's very, very good. You know, I mean, Georgia did some things with him over the years where they'd kind of drop him back into these cover three looks and, and have him as a third high safety He's great at that. He, you know, sees the field well, but he just, he's, he's one of those guys that is almost always in position 
but doesn't always get the hips around, get the eyes around, and play the ball. Definitely susceptible to pass interference penalties over the years. So I, I think he's one of those where if you're drafting on potential, the, the ceiling is extremely high, but the hips are a little bit more stiff, and the ball skills haven't really been there to, you know, to where you'd like to see them. And I think I've, I've always been curious, and it's been a debate amongst Georgia fans for a long time, if he will maybe end up as a safety at the next level. They could end up being a, a pretty good safety. We know that he's got the athletic skills. Well, Graham, I had to save the best for last, and that's Jalen Carter. He's a guy I expect to be off the board uh, in the top ten. I actually expect him to be off the board in the top five. But what makes him so special, man? I mean, Georgia had defensive linemen that went early in the draft last year. You're going to have another one this year. Uh, Jalen Carter is a dude. What, Like I said, what makes him so special? Man, what makes him so special is that, like, he does all these crazy things. I'm sure you've seen the play in the SEC championship where he busts through the line and, and picks up Jaden Daniels with one arm and puts his hands up to like, you know, blow the whistle. It's a sack. Call it. Like yeah. he, he does all that stuff. And, you know, he's done it kind of carrying a little bit of baby fat over the last couple of years. I mean, he was the best defensive lineman on the team two years ago, even with, you know, the, the Jordan Davises and Devontae Wyatt. Like we all knew he was the most talented DT on the team without question. I think what makes him special is his ability to two gap. Um, you know, I, there was the whole thing with Todd McShay talking about potential character issues and all of that that created the, the big uproar. And, you know, Georgia loves him. Like, he's a guy that he sprained his MCL against Missouri, I think it was the first weekend of October. And he got a lot of pressure from his agents to shut it down and call it call it a career and, you know, go start training for the NFL draft. And he wanted to finish what he started with his guys, and he did that. Uh, but I, I think he's a guy that in the right system, if you wanted to unleash him as a pass rusher, like he is going to shoot gaps all the time. That's just not what Georgia asked him to do as much this year because they lacked that true true nose tackle presence. And I think that's what maybe makes him the most special is that, you know, he he really did play a role for Georgia this year where he was being the, the guy that was gap sound and occupying blockers so his middle linebackers could come and make plays. And, you know, he did that willingly, and he, he excelled at it. And, you know, he's a guy that can play the A gap and the B gap on the same play, and he's going to move – He's going to move the guard or the center around and, and get into the hole and create problems. So I, I think he can do what you want him to do and make that kind of hero play. And, and like, if he gets somewhere where they're like, Hey, just go get after a big boy, you know, go get after the passer. Then he's going to probably be, you know, one of, if not the best pass rushing D tackles in the NFL, like next year, but he also plays the run really, really well. And I think that's, that's something that might get overlooked in all of this is, is just he's a he's an unselfish player. He's not a guy that stat chases and if he wanted to, he could have done some things that were probably, you know, borderline historic in terms of 
the numbers he would have put up. I'll tell you what, if you're trying to revamp your defense, that's a good place to start right there. <laughs> that would be a hell of a Absolutely, player. Man. <laughs> I like it. Now, yeah. I did have one question that we actually got a text message about, and I don't know how familiar you are with this guy. It's Brian Branch, who I realize plays, plays at Bama, but he is a Georgia native, played high school football there in Georgia. Uh, how familiar are you with Brian, and, how, and do you think he's going to be a stud on the next level? Yeah, Brian, I, I'm, I'm you know familiar with him. I've watched him play the last couple of years. Uh, definitely a, an interesting safety prospect. Um, I, you know, I, I think from a coverage standpoint, there were times where you know you you maybe saw him as a younger player, just kind of you know learning on the fly, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but but I I think that you, you know you saw him kind of round into form pretty well this year and Bama relied on him a lot, right? Because uh, there were some holes in that defense and, you know, he was, he was drawing some, some serious man coverage assignments and, you know, playing, playing in the slot a lot. And so I I think he's a good player. I, you know, I don't know honestly much about how his uh, run defense skills will translate to the next level. That's just not something where I've, I've studied him or noticed him a, a lot, but it, look, man. The reality is, if you're if you're getting committed or if you're getting recruited to to a Bama or a Georgia in this day and age, and you're starting on the field, athletically you have all the tools. And so, you know, get them get them into the the right NFL locker room. You know, get them with the right coaches, and and they're gonna they're going to turn them into something special. There you go. Great stuff right there. Graham Coffee, dogcentral.com on Twitter at Dogs Out West or Dog Out West, D-A-W-G Out West. Uh, Graham, what do you got coming out of the website that we should be able to look out for, maybe get a little more insight on some Georgia Bulldogs? Uh, yeah, absolutely. We'll be doing, you know, as, as we get closer to the draft, we'll be doing uh, full, you know, write-ups and, and some, some film breakdowns on all these guys that we're talking about, all these draft-eligible UGA players and uh, also have some – uh, 2023 projected depth chart pieces coming out later this week. So if you're if you're interested in the, the Georgia players that we might be talking about for the NFL this time next year, go and check that out on Dog Central. Yeah, we're definitely going to do that. And you got a lot of work to do. <laughs> There's a lot of players that you got to deep dive. And look, we got Zamir White here. Uh, he's in Las Vegas. He was a fourth round pick of the Raiders. He didn't get a lot of burn last year because Josh Jacobs wouldn't come off the field. But Zamir White's right. another good one, man. Zamir White's great, man. I, you know, I, he was one of those uh, sleepers that I thought may have a, a bigger year this year than he had. But uh, just, you know, it's, he, he's a very well-rounded back, and I'm excited to see what he becomes in, in Las Vegas. No doubt, no doubt. Well, Graham, fantastic stuff, man. Great way to deep dive with us. We definitely appreciate you. Uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Please believe that. Thank you. Absolutely, yeah. Thanks for having me on, too. Absolutely, no doubt. Good stuff right there. Graham Coffee, dogcentral.com, D-A-W-G-S central.com. Definitely appreciate him and all his insight. Good stuff. Even talked about a Bama guy in Brian Branch. That was a question right off the don'tbebroke.com text line. 322 is the time. When we come back, we're going to get into more this or that. This or that. This or that. Would you rather have a badass quarterback or a badass D? You can't have both, at least not right now. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. It's unnecessary roughness. This is Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. 
Many thanks to Graham Coffee, DogCentral.com. Join us in the last segment to talk all things Georgia Bulldogs. We definitely appreciate him for that. Did get a text on the Don'tBeBroke.com text line out to 707. Thanks for asking about Branch. But just to respond to the question Graham raised about Branch's tackling, had the highest tackling grade of any defender in the entire country in 2021, is well known to be an incredible tackler and hard hitter. He's my guy at number seven for the Raiders. I believe he'll be the next great DB from Bama. And, oh, by the way, He's a really good kick returner, too. And don't let the great tackling fool you because Branch is an elite coverage guy, too. He's not some box safety like Abram or something. So there's that. But you heard the sound, this or that. That's what we're playing right now. Would you rather have a badass quarterback or a badass D? Right now, if both aren't on the table, right? And I'm just saying, you can't just build Rome overnight. So it's got to be one or the other unless you think otherwise. But just for the sake of argument, which one would you prefer? 702-365-9200. Also, our don'tbebroke.com text sign, 69187, keyword R&R. Let's go right out to that phone line. Talk to our good friend, Just Win Wendy. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Wendy? Hey! Hey! I haven't called in since December, my phone says. But anyway, <laughs> I know, I think I did before that. Anyway, um, this or that. Well, you know me. And one reason I'm all about the defense is that um, when I was in high school, we had this great cheer that was, rah, rah, re, kick him in the knee, rah, 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 kick him in the other knee. You know. I've, always, I've always been about, you know, knocking the quarterback down. And uh, I mean, even in high school, I was like all about the defense, even though my sons both played offense. But, you know, that's the way it goes. So I'm all about the defense, and the other thing was that a couple of years ago, Q, you used to talk about um, the guys in college. We needed to draft guys who had done a lot of interceptions. Yeah. And the reason you said is because once those guys know about how to catch the ball, they do it in the pros. Yep. You know, not one interception in four years. We want we want more than that. Yep. So, you know, I want to see some great backfield secondary, and I want to see some more D-line. And if we had a badass defense, you know, I don't care who we have as, as quarterback, except I don't want TB12. So anyone <laughs> but that. <laughs> there you go. I love All it. Right. Thank and you for the hi, call. Hi, Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you guys later. All right, see you. Thank you so much. Lindsay was attempting to say hi to you, but she couldn't She couldn't get the mic on in time. But she uh, she does thank you for the shout-out. And, uh, yeah, that's, a, that's a, a great memory right there, Just Win Wendy. And, yeah, that you have to have guys that are accustomed to creating turnovers. They create turnovers in high school. There's a chance they'll go to college and create turnovers. They create turnovers in college. Guess what? There's a chance that they'll go to the pros and create more turnovers. That's what the Raiders need to start focusing in on when they go and get guys in the secondary, when they go get guys say, get safeties, guys that are accustomed to having their hands on the ball. Thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate that. Uh, one more text from the 707 on the don'tbebroke.com text line, and then we'll go back out to the phone line. Answer, I'd rather have a badass D with Stidham at quarterback. Stidham appears capable. Can I get past where we are now with the dollar store steak defense? There you go. The dollar steak store conversation will never end, Damon. That is something that you will own. Can't wait till Super Bowl week because that will be a theme there in, in, in Phoenix, Arizona. You know what? You want you want me to fry you up? And there's a dollar store everywhere. No, I, no. It, look, I'll tell you right now. If you take your behind to the dollar store and bring it to our Airbnb and try to cook it, you will be finding another place to stay. 
I know the guy. I know the guy who's in charge of the Airbnb, and I can make sure he can get you kicked out. You want to do a live taste test? No. Live from Radio Row. Q no. tries a dollar steak. Q ain't trying no dollar steak. Call me what you want. I ain't doing it. It's for the content, though. Yeah, it's, it's not. It, for content. It, 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 uh, yeah, uh, I got plenty of content, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's going to be content is when at five in the morning I'm like, all right, everybody up, let's go. It's time to go. And Demond's like. It's 5 a.m. The show's not till 2. I'm always up. Okay, well, all right. Famous last words, brother, because I'll tell you right now, Jared learned the hard way last year. Yeah, he's a real heavy sleeper. He hey, he was a heavy sleeper. <laughs> he was a heavy sleeper, man. We I came out the room because he stayed. It was me. I had this room over here. He was on the couch that was a fold-out that he never used to fold out. He just slept on the couch. And then JT was over here in this room. And I came around around that corner. I was like, all right, Jared, let's go. Yeah, but he also said you were up like doing podcasts at like 4 a.m. No, I, I was up. No, I was up late. I was up very late. And then I would like go to sleep for a quick second and then I'm back up and I'm ready to go. And so he'd have drool on his face still. And I'm like, come on, Jared. There was actually one time where he broke a glass because he had a glass next to where he was sleeping. It was like a glass of water or whatever. And when I woke him up, it startled him so much he kicked the glass and all you hear is just broke. That sounds like Jared. Yeah, that was Jared to a T. And so all of a sudden he he learned. Quick, fast, and then I'm doing laundry at like two or three in the morning. I mean, there's there was no stopping. It was all go. It's only a week, man. You didn't bring enough clothes. No, you have an Airbnb. You 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 clean up. You do all what you got to do. Plus, I I clean the towels. I wash. Come on, man. Like and you're a great guest. I am a great guest. I gotta have clean towels, man. You're gonna wash your backside with the same towel for five straight days. Just bring your own. You don't have to. That's why we get an Airbnb. You have all the accessories already there. But you got to bring your own clothes. You're just one of those dudes who does laundry like once every two weeks, right? You let that stuff pile up. You know what? This isn't about me. we got to get out to the phone line. <laughs> 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our good friend, Quick. Welcome to the show, Quick. What it do, cute ball? What How up, Doc? Living? I'm chilling, man. Shout out to Lindsey. Uh, man, badass defense or quarterback. You know, it's crazy because I feel like – if our quarterback play would have been just a little bit better this year, we might have won some more of those close games. We didn't score any points in the second half. Right. Blame who you, blame who you want to, but it's like we lost by one and two and three again, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like that defense that we had was almost good enough to win a few more, and in the, the, the situation we were in, we would have been damn near playoff bound. So I, we got to go defense. Give me the defense all day. We need a big run stuffer. We need some corners out there. But, man. We don't always need that because Brock Purdy balling. Right. He's just holding it down. He's just going steady Eddie out there now. Mm-hmm. You know, but 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 I'm rolling defense. I just think that, man, if we would have just had a different situation this season, that the season would have been turned around quite a bit. Well, there you uh, go. I got, I got one more before I go. All right. Big Devon, this is for you. Uh, it's Royal Rumble week. I'm headed to San Antonio Friday. Who you got? Ooh, man, that's a tough one, but adrenaline in my soul. It's going to be Cody Rhodes, man. My man, let's go. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> there he goes. My man, quick. So that's going on this with the World Royal Rumble? Yeah, the Royal Rumble down in San Antonio. Okay. They showed it. What's the uh, big one that the Spurs just played in? Oh, the Alamo Dome. Yeah, so it's going to be out there, you okay. know. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be exciting. You know? Wow, that's big. That, that I mean, they had 68,000 uh, basketball fans in the Alamo Dome during that uh, that Warrior game. So uh, that's okay. All right. Well, then that means we might have to make a call to San Antonio and get someone that's live on the scene to talk about that at some point this this week. You're right. Maybe we should know some people that know some people. Look at you. Always full of ideas. Hey, man, look, it's always for the show, brother. 
So eat content. Always got the content, not no dollar steak. <laughs> uh, I'm going to tell the story about the steakhouse that I went to and DeMond decided I'm going to go back to the Airbnb and just get the dollar steak. You know what, Q? You save your $100. I'll be fine. <laughs> you heard it, right, Lindsay? <laughs> you witness, heard it. witness. Right, exactly, exactly. I'm going to go ahead and save that money then on dinner. <laughs> Me and Jared will be just fine. JT will be just fine. We'll be hanging out with David Smoking Company and, hey, Hey, I thought you said DeMond was coming. I'd be like, nah, he, he went back to the house. He said he had the dollar steak on, on lock, so it's good. He didn't he didn't need this steakhouse. He's good. We're good. I like it. I like it. Say, hey, man, my mom always said, keep the man out of my pocket. I'm keeping DeMond out of my pocket. <laughs> I can appreciate that. 702-365-9200. Who we got up next, Lindsay? Passionate Raider. Passionate. Welcome to the show. What's up, Jimmy? What's up, Ms. Lindsay? DeMond and Q, man. I hope everyone's doing blessed, man. You know, Q, the past couple of days, man, I've just been thinking about a few things with the Raiders, man, and with him and with the quarterback, with wanting to get Rodgers, with wanting to get Brady. You know, and, and, and I just want to see Josh McDaniels try to try to be a coach without relying on a top-notch quarterback. We see all these other coaches out here coaching their quarterbacks up to be something special, man. I mean, in a, in a Ziggler – and McDaniel slipped and they let Brock Purdy go, obviously they must have kind of had a thought in their head about who they had and confident as a backup if they weren't looking for a backup. So, I mean, if, if what we're seeing is going to be a complete rebuild with what we're hearing with everybody on the trading block right now, Q, remember what I said it last year, the rebuild was coming. I knew it and I felt it. So, if that's the case, man, I don't know if, it, if it's the best bet is to go make all these trades and get rid of to move up to get somebody for a year or two or old who can take one bad hit and we're back down to nothing. So I mean, I'm like with what 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 Q just said on the other man. Build that defense, man, and and see what we can do with Jared, or see if we can't find a second or third round quarterback that that has skill to play with the stout defense, man. It's all going to come back to this defense because what we seen last week out there playing, it's defense, and defense is going to win us. A Super Bowl. If we don't beat that defense up, it's just going to be pointless to go try to trade for one of these old men and, and just be our luck for something to happen to a man, Q. So I really hope this draft is going to be stacked. I'm not too upset if Waller does go or Renfro does go, if that's the names that are out there right now, because, I mean, I really think Renfro took a bad hit, man, and it, 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 it might be the best time to get the best available pick or whatever compensation for him at this time and and with Waller I said at the beginning of the year I've been saying it something just wasn't clicking there with the silver and black in him so I don't know so if it's going to benefit us moving forward Ziggler make it happen man but please build that D let's go there he goes, passionate Raider, talking about the defense. I'm good with the defense. And, you know, like I said, when uh, we had Graham on, Graham Coffee from DogCentral.com, if you start the build of the defense, think about this. If they make a dedication to the defense, which 90% of people have called in and said they want the defense, right, which is good. And I like to give these options because I don't want to make it feel like I'm leading the conversation and I'm influencing you to, hey, uh, you got to have the defense because of this, and then all of a sudden you're on board. I want you to make that call. That's why we're doing this or that because you can make the call. But if you were to start that defense, think about if you had Jalen Carter from Georgia as your center point and you have Max Crosby and you still have Chandler Jones and that's that's your three key players along that, that defensive line and you put other in there as, as well with them to make four, right? You're, you're good. The front four are those three guys and other. Cool. And then you have Nate Hobbs out there 
and you get a corner that you feel pretty confident in. Okay, then you feel good. And if you have a safety that you feel like can go sideline to sideline and, and even have Trayvon Merrick out there with them, maybe you bring back Deron Harmon. Maybe he's your guy. Or maybe you go and invest in a guy that could be that dude on the back end. Now all of a sudden you're looking at it, and I haven't even touched the linebacker position. Say you bring back Denzel Perriman. Let, let's not get too greedy. Just say you bring back Denzel Perriman. All of a sudden you got to make it of a defense that, like Quick said, hey, man, they were in a bunch of one-score games. If you even improve it just a little bit with a couple additions here and there, you might be onto something. Exactly. That's why I was trying to say that, make that same point yesterday where everybody at every position isn't going to be an all-pro. Excuse me. No, you're right. Where, where not everybody's going to be an all-pro, but let's say free agency, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, you get him as that other corner. Mm-hmm. And now you're cooking, with, you're cooking with some grease of some players that are capable and that you know can actually defend where maybe just have those dudes. That defensive line that you just described there, right. that's an all-dudes that's defensive to me. line. That's exactly. sexy to me. I like it. Denzel Perryman, maybe you upgraded that middle linebacker spot. Who knows? But then another stud at corner. And I do think that Deron Harmon, in his role, I would bring him back I would for too. next season. I would too. I don't think he's going to fall off a cliff after what the production that we've seen him have mm-hmm. this past season. Trayvon Merrick, Nate Hobbs, let's see if they can get a little bit better. And I know that this is somebody, hey, you either like him or you or you hate him. I like him, Amik Robertson. Where a guy I like, like that still, in limited spurts, you know, maybe let's say playing 30% of the snaps on defense. A guy like that, but just have another guy on the outside that can hold his own, and then you just have, like, that defense, it, they were so close, as Quick said, with just a few players a few games away that I don't think that you need to get an all-pro at every position or break the bank for anyone in free agency, but just be smart with the spending, and they'll be fine. Wow, this is uh, interesting, and I don't want to connect the dots too much, and I don't want to start thinking of conspiracies or anything, but, of course, we heard the reports about uh, Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller being possibly uh, guys that, that other organizations are looking at. Uh, all of a sudden, David Carr just tweets out, Daily Renfro Hunter Appreciation Post, and it's a picture of a goat. It's a meme of a goat. So you put the, you put the two together, right? We already know where that last name you know, especially with David, we know he's he's kind of trying to be as petty as possible when it comes to the silver and black. Derek's not. Derek is just, you know, trying to make sure all the business gets handled. But, you know, David's trying to be a little a little petty. So all of a sudden that report comes out about Hunter Renfro and you see David Carr put it out there. So as you're looking at it, Damon, and you start to get that look, it almost has that look on your face like you're eating a dollar steak and you realize that it's not good. It's going down bad. It's gray. And you should have realized that when it was gray that it wasn't going to cook up no matter what you put on it. What are your thoughts? That this guy just needs to get off of Twitter. Just leave it alone. <laughs> Daily Renfro appreciation post, and it's a goat. He had one good season, one great season, and you're calling him a goat? Where if you're just trying to be petty, if the Raiders, they're coming in and they're shaking everything up. Yes, that's what this new regime, if that's what they want to do, if they want to trade everybody but Max Crosby, that's their prerogative. That's They can do whatever they feel like. It's I'm the pettiness. Make it stop. Please. <laughs> you have a real job. You know, sometimes it's like, oh, that's a guy that's just in his basement. <laughs> like, you have a real 9 to 5, man. <laughs> a good 9 to 5. <laughs> like, why are you doing this? You got too much time on your hands. I heard that. I heard that. 702-365-9200. Lindsay, who we got up next? Raider 66. Raider 66. Uh-oh, I got we got Raider 6 calling in. We're about to get a history lesson. What's up, Raider 66? That is correct, Q. How are you and DeMond doing today? Fantastic. Great. Great to hear it. Yeah, give me the D. Uh, all day long, uh, give me the 2000 Ravens, the 85 Bears, the Steel Curtain of the 70s, and even the 1967 11 Angry Men of the Oakland Raiders. That rock-solid defense will do the job every time. What happened to Pat Mah- Patrick Mahomes a couple years ago in the Super Bowl when that defense was chasing him all over the field. It makes a quarterback newt moot. 
Um, there's a famous coach. I don't remember who it was. It was either, it might have been Vince Lombardi, it might have been Buddy Ryan. But they said, if you score, you may win. If the other team doesn't score, you will never lose. I go with that. Have a good day. Go Raiders. I like that little mic drop right there. That's a good point that you bring up, Raider 66. Thanks so much for the call. We do appreciate you. And, again, another person calling about the defense, talking about the defense. How about Jim from Yonkers? He hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line. Q&D, does Malcolm Kuntz get a shot this year? From my area, and that's right, he went to Buffalo. Thank you for another great show. Just when you get too serious, the laughs come in. Great radio. That's Jim from Yonkers. Malcolm Kuntz is a guy that I was high on, man. Two two years ago uh, when he came out of Buffalo, I thought he he had an opportunity. I thought he was going to kind of slow play him, and he was going to get, you know, three, four, five sacks, whatever. And he came up with, what, three, three and a half sacks and limited amount of snaps. I thought, okay, he's about to build on that this next year. Well, he didn't, and he really didn't get a whole lot of burn. That's an interesting question. Does Malcolm Kuntz get some burn? Does Patrick Graham envision him? Uh, does he have a role in this defense? And it's funny I say that question. I feel like I should never ask if a pass rusher has a role in defense because he's exactly that. He's a pass rusher. If you get him in a position where he could pin his ears back and just get to the quarterback, he's got a, a handful of moves to get to the QB. I think he could be effective. Again, in a limited role, not saying that he's a full-time starter, but I think he can get you four or five sacks a season, no doubt. Yeah, Malcolm Coons, should he get some run as well? But then it made me think of, that's a young guy who didn't get that many reps this past season. But they also drafted two interior defensive linemen in this past season as well that didn't get that many looks. So what are the looks going to be like? Because you're talking about bringing in some dudes to vamp up this defensive line. But they still got young guys that I'm right. not, you know... I'm not saying that the cap hit would just be enormous, no. but there are still young guys that deserve a shot. Obviously, you got to win the win the job in camp. Yeah, you got to go earn that earn that shot. Yeah, man. you got to earn the spot. But they've got so many guys on that defensive line that we're not thinking about that. Maybe they do have long term plans for them. We just we just aren't thinking about. Well, them yet. wouldn't that still be a really good rotation then? You know what I mean? If you have some dudes on there, and, and then you also have guys that you can rotate in. Phil, Philadelphia is a great example. Like, they have guys, right? They have four dudes that are in double digits as far as sacks, and then they got guys like Sue that's on the bench. He's coming off the bench. He ain't in the starting lineup, right? I mean, they got cats that are not in the starting lineup. They got big names that can come in and give you a few reps, and they're good. They're quality. Yeah, what you said, those reps, but I think that's a very special situation that they have there, bringing in those veteran names that – and Dominican Sue, he doesn't have to do too much. And you draft Jordan Davis, and he also mm. doesn't have to do as much because he's a very specific type of interior defensive lineman. But with the Raiders, those are already solidified dudes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if these guys that they have that are waiting in the wings, I don't know if they're going to be dudes yet. But maybe they are just good rotational pieces, but they just need more reps to prove it. Well, that's all of what it's all about, man. Earning your spot, getting your reps. 702-365-9200. Also, our don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R&R, playing this or that. What would you rather have, a badass quarterback or a badass defense? You can't have both. you got to pick one. Let us know about it. Coming up at 4 o'clock, we got Trey Mosley from TreyMosley.com. Does great voiceover work for the Silver and Black. He'll tell his story coming up at 4, but we want to hear from you next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's unnecessary roughness. This is Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Shout out to Black Sheep right there. This, that. 
classic track from back in the day. Demond knows nothing about this. is another Sarah Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Demond Cotton, Lindsey Brown, and your boy Q are rocking with you all the way through 5 o'clock. Coming up at 4, Trey Mosley, TreyMosley.com, voiceover expert. Fantastic dude, fantastic work. We'll talk all things, what he's got going on and what he had going on with the silver and black. We'll talk to him coming up at 4 o'clock. But you heard the sound, this or that. Would you rather have a badass quarterback or a badass D? Not both. Just one. Let us know about it. And we got a hit up by Geese Mode on the don'tbebroke.com text line. The Raiders three Lombardis. Talk of the team of the decades was built on the foundation of having the league's meanest defense. Gritty and mean. Shut down D. That is Raiders football. Uh, Also, we got one from Raider Ben. He said, need a defense that is stingy with an above average quarterback to to keep the superstars happy on offense. Need playmakers in the secondary on D to shift momentum. Again, that's from Raider Ben right there. Cucamonga Raider said, badass defense. Tired of the offense experiment to fight fire with fire in our division. When you think the Raiders think toughness, you think intimidation. We haven't had any of that and want to see us instead inflict pain on the other offenses this year, especially in our division. Don't get me wrong. I love TDs, but there isn't anything more satisfying than seeing a high-powered offense get shut down and seeing the frustrations play out on the field. Now let's go build a badass defense this offseason. That's Cucamonga Raider. What do you think about that, Demond? It sounds good in theory, but when you think about Patrick Mahomes, where I, I haven't seen, besides that Super Bowl that he lost, well, the Chiefs lost it, the whole team did, not just him. Right. But who's been able to shut him down? And maybe two games, when you got to face him two times a year, and maybe even a third in the playoffs, that's asking a lot for a defense to just say, hey, we're going to shut him down three times in a season. No, maybe, you're, I mean, you're, you're right. Maybe the once. Philadelphia or, was able to get to Tom Brady and the Patriots, though. The Giants were able to get to Tom Brady and the Patriots a couple times. Yeah, all you have to do is be that one game. But when you think about the division right. and Justin Herbert as well, who he's you know he's on the cusp of being a great quarterback. Right. But the the theory of, hey, we've been trying to fight fire with fire, and it's not working. And I know you're saying, like, let's try something different. And I agree with that. That's why I'm saying a badass defense as well. Yeah. But the reason that you've got to fight fire with fire is because that one game that the defense isn't there, that's the game that you lose. Where it, if you don't have that offensive firepower to match it, you can't go into every game like the 2000 Ravens and say, if we just hold them to 10 points, we'll be good. Right. The, the way the league no, is shifting yeah, this yeah, year, right. you're not going to be able to just hold every team to 10 points a game, especially if the teams in your division have some of the best quarterbacks in the league. The now, I'll making. say this. You know, the one thing about having that badass defense, you can give up 34 points and go to overtime against the Raiders like the 49ers did with the number one defense, and all of a sudden, when push comes to shove, when you need that big defense to play, here comes Bosa, and all of a sudden the game is gone. Why? Because the defense put their will on it. But Lindsay, you had another thought that you were uh, you were you were thinking about this question. I know you haven't chimed in a lot on yeah. the show today, but what were you thinking? Well, I'm just gonna play devil's advocate for a hot second here because everybody's saying, "Well, we're we fought fire with fire. Have we fought fire with fire? Because we've had the same quarterback since all these new guys that every, that everybody's enamored with took over the league. Like we brought a matchbox to a bunch of guys with a blowtorch, and so in a way, it's interesting to look at this in terms of the history of the Raiders and how they haven't drafted well and how much stock we're putting in this regime to finally right the ship because every single regime previous to it also had the same idea. So I'm thinking, well, maybe they don't do as well in the draft as we think that they are going to do. And probably then it'd be better to use a recruiting tool and what better recruiting tool than a, a hot to trot quarterback to bring in the likes of Ndamukong Sue or Sue, however you pronounce it. So you have a team that all of a sudden free agents are looking to gather around and do those one, two year deals and see if we can make some magic happen instantaneously. I mean, that's not a bad theory. It's not a bad theory. I like it. I like. I mean, I like the idea. And I mean, again, that's going to uh, establish veteran, in my opinion. If if you're going with that theory, you're going to an established veteran. And there's only two of them out there that I think are going to attract free agents to want to play with them. 
Yeah, and definitely for me, Aaron Rodgers is at the top of the list. And, and Tom Brady, if he's the backup plan, what a terrible backup plan to have if it is Tom <laughs> and Brady. And I don't even know if he's the backup plan. <laughs> like, I don't know what – if I knew the plan, I would share it right now. That's why they don't tell me the plan because because my dumb self would tell it. Did you see the clip of him on a Let's Go last night with Jim Grant? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I heard it. I, I, Where, we could play it. We'll play it in just a little while. We'll play it after we talk to our guy Trey Mosley coming up at the top of the hour. But let's let's go out to Seoul, Korea because, one, Nikes are on my mind. They're on my feet. There's something that's important to me. Ready to rock, Seoul, Korea. What's on your mind, brother? What's up, Q? What up, dog? <laughs> Hi, Lindsay. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you, my friend? That almost sounded creepy, yeah, Ready to Rock. <laughs> No, 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 no. What are you talking about? I'm here too. Just saying hello. (laughs) That's cool. How are you doing? (laughs) Here we go. I mean, (laughs) yeah, no, 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 no. It's it's all right. Um, Well, before we get to the uh, this this or that, can I go with a separate this or that first? Go with it. Yeah, you got it. Which is yeah, which is uh, I would rather room with uh, Damon than Q as long as Damon doesn't cook. (laughs) <laughs> no problem, brother. <laughs> That's because I'm getting up yeah, early and I'm going to bed late. No, yeah, yeah. Q is like too high pressure, man. That's like if I'm if I'm at an Airbnb, I just want to be able to chill. You know, it's like yeah. Uh, there's no chill in my vo- in my vocabulary, brother. No, it, it, yeah, exactly. Which is good. Which is good when you're on the radio. But you know, as my Airbnb roommate, that's a little <laughs> bit too. We'll have to do uh, that. Um, we'll have to do that one day. Who would you rather be yeah. in the Airbnb with? <laughs> Um, the thing I wanted to talk about is, um, you know, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the playoffs right now, and and yes, I mean it's divided like halfway. Like you've got two okay quarterbacks with excellent defenses that are carrying, you know, in the NFC. Like like you see, you see the 49ers. I mean, you know, Purdy's okay. He's not he's not a superstar yet. I mean, he may be, you know, and 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 Hurt is. Okay, but I think he, you know, he's being carried by an excellent defense. Whereas, in you know, you've seen other, other teams that are, you know, being carried by excellent QBs, like on the other side in the AFC by by Burrow and and Kansas City. Although that, you know, they don't have an elite defense. They they have a pretty good defense. Given the circumstances with with all of the holes, I would just say, like, I don't think one quarterback, even if he's a superstar, can help fix the situation so just statistically i mean i think if you have a great defense you might be able to carry someone of stidham or you know i mean because I, I i just don't know what the plan is if it's a rookie if it's stidham you know if it's if it's another i don't know uh if it's mayfield god you know the thought but i mean <laughs> if, without a clear-cut quarterback coming in you just have too many holes and even one superstar, whether it be Aaron Rodgers or whoever, I don't think can can fix this shit right now. So, I like that's it. it, guys. Uh, happy Lunar New Year, and uh, hopefully uh, I'll speak to you guys soon. There you go. Raider Rock, Seoul, Korea. Appreciate the call, my man. Remember, man, size 13, Air Max 270. I take all colors. I appreciate them all. But uh, good stuff, man. Definitely great to hear from you. 358's a time. When we come back, we'll keep going with this or that after we talk to our guy, Trey Mosley. TreyMosley.com. Kick off hour number three of the show. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.